Good evening and welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. Hi, I'm Chris. I'm Adam. I'm Claire. Yay! Claire's <laughs> right. As promised, we're back for our second of our 90s birthday episodes um, with... I've just got to raise my hand uh, and apologise for several mistakes, okay. including... Uh, uh, this is actually 2002. It is, yes. Yeah. This feels nineties, mm. so I also it looks must like an episode to... of fucking EastEnders, but we'll get into that when we get to. I wonder. I also, I also have to apologise for last week's podcast, where I said uh, about the Eerie Essex podcast really disliking uh, Anthony Hopkins when I actually meant Sir Matthew Hopkins. Um, but there we go. I didn't pick up on that either, um, but I did listen to the episode. Uh, yeah, and thoroughly enjoyed it. So, well done. Yeah. Looking forward to, to more think, of those. Yeah, I, was I think we need to be a bit careful about apologies because we could go on for a long time, I'm sure. We, yeah, we could be here all night. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, the way you put your hand up, Adam, I was like, does he want me to high-five him? Because, like... Yeah, I, was, I thought there was a number <laughs> five was coming out somewhere. I don't know how I'm going to do it. Yeah, no, no, it would have been high-five and then big tens. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh... I'm in the room with you and I just left him hanging. You're my wife, so I'm quite happy to make you look like a bit of a prat. Thanks. You're <laughs> <welcome>. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking patriarchy. <laughs> I am currently pouring a beer uh, in celebration of uh, your birthday, Claire. So, Ooh. happy yeah. birthday tomorrow. Lovely, Cheers. lovely. Cheers. <laughs> Get a drink on everybody, unless you're listening to this in the car, and then, uh, you know, maybe don't. <laughs> yeah, then oh, just do crap. Yes, so we're here for the second of our birthday episodes in a row um, to cover uh, 28 days later. Um, so we will get into why we are covering that when we get into the episode. Um, but before we get into the episode, Chris... What have you been watching since our last episode? Right, so I was going to try and do this in a what hints can I give you? Who's going to get it first? I think I possibly did that last episode, so I must okay. be like, oh, good, good try. That was like <laughs> that was that was getting right in there, but no. Um, so let me try and give you a few hints that I've got here um, that doesn't give it away immediately. Alex Garland was involved. Devs. Oh, very good. I definitely need to watch that. I've been told that. And you saying that tells me I should. And But no. Um, Daniel Boyle was also involved. Um, Sunshine? Great answer. No. Ah. The 2012 Olympic opening ceremony? Oh, God. <laughs> you're all doing really well. That That would have been impressive if I'd watched that again. It was good. I did quite like it. Um, Robert Carlyle was also involved. Um, 28 weeks later. Yeah. Uh, that is um, very good, Adam. So, yeah, I thought after having watched 28 Days Later, why not carry on? Had you seen it before? Well, it turns out I had, and I didn't realise <laughs> it, but, but I'd also completely mixed up it with 28 Days Later. And ah. I'm probably going to do the same again tonight. So, 
yeah, some of the scenes in it, I'd kind of thought were probably in 28 Days Later. I'd completely forgotten so much of 28 Days Later when I was watching. I was like, I did not remember all of this with the military guys and that that whole, you know, dark side of it. And and realising actually that's what a lot of the film is about is human nature aspect. Whereas before in my head, it was just the zombies, really. And the fact that it wasn't, they weren't zombies, it was from um, a virus. Which you must be the only know. person, Chris, to watch 28 Days Later and immediately think, well, that wasn't fucking bleak enough. What I now need... Yeah, more right. <laughs> no, exactly. I, exactly. I was watching it, I was like, yeah, do not remember it being this dark at all. Oh, um, so, yeah. Yeah. It's all right. What we'll do is, because every... I'm just, just to annoy people, I was thinking I might refer to people in 28 Days Later by the roles that they are now much more famous for. Mm. So I was going to say, so Tommy Shelby and Miss Moneypenny are going along yeah. with the Mad Eye movie. And so if, any, so if you do the same, so if at any point you say Begbie or Luther, we'll know that you've mixed it up and you're talking about 28 weeks late. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> Excellent. So... So, without any spoilers of the first film, did you enjoy? Well, you obviously enjoyed the first one, um, but what did you make of the second one comparatively? Yeah. So, I did. <laughs> I did. No, I did. I, I really, I really liked it. But I was when watching it, I was like, "Well, done now because I have seen it. What have I mixed up?" And so I was a bit unsure. And I was thinking, did I, actually, no. I tell you what, the bit that had stuck in my mind from twenty-eight weeks later was Robert Carlyle running away from the house, and. Mm jumping in the boat and obviously leaving his wife behind that that stuck in my head I didn't remember much of the rest of it for some reason but um and some of that had sort of perhaps made me think badly of it and I don't know it just somehow had that effect but then I'm watching it again this time it's like no I think that's it's really well done but it is actually again a good look at humanity and you know when you get in difficult situations, the choices you make and people's good and bad sides and how a lot of it is, um, although I think this is in 28 days later, like how many mistakes are made when people are emotional and absolutist. They're like, well, this is what we've got to do and we're doing this yeah. and forget yeah. what, you know, you're not sort of looking at uh, the bigger picture. You're just like, well, I'm dealing with this now and I'm right. So you can shut up and get on with it. So Adam, what have you been watching? Only thing I've been watching is I've been re-watching the sitcom Monster, which is by the Belgian theatre company Abattoir Ferme. Um, I think I've mentioned it on the show before. It's really good. But the main reason I've been re-watching it is they've just done a feature film which looks equally as fucking insane and gory and weird and, yeah, everything else that I like from Monster. But the monster's like a six-parter about a director who makes schlock movies on a fuck-all budget. Um, but he is entirely insane, as is his cast. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, but it's well worth checking out. But, yeah, keep keep eyes out. There's a, there is a couple of trailers up for the film, which is called Hotel Poseidon. And does look... It looks up my street. I'm hoping... For, um, Hoping it will be available fairly soon. I think it's playing Fright Fest, but uh, I do not know. So, 
and that's literally all the weather. Claire, um, obviously, we it's been a while since you've been on, um, and we know that you've been watching along with Adam, which we, we're always hugely excited to hear that you're uh, you had become a convert. Um, yeah, yeah. So, are there any films that you've watched recently that you uh, particularly enjoyed? Well, one sticks out, and that was that Kurt Russell film we watched last week. Oh, Bone Tomahawk. <laughs> yeah. You weren't keen. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't shit. But I feel like if I didn't speak English, I'd have enjoyed it more somehow. <laughs> <laughs> That yeah. is Quentin Tarantino in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Actually, yes. Yeah. You're yeah. absolutely right. Man cannot write a script. He can make it look lovely. He has all the best actors. It's a great storyline. Everyone talks like an absolute imbecile. You're absolutely you right. Like, if you like blood and white ladies' feet, he's the guy <laughs> for you. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I've not watched anything really. It's just uh, just shitty kids' cartoons, um, and that's it. That's my life now. Yeah, sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's quite good though. You horror. Said, I was watching Monster, and Claire was playing The Sims. But Claire said that she, there were she just kept forgetting it wasn't in English. Yeah, because everything does feel. Like, you know, you you know what's happening. Yeah. So, yeah. And also, the director, his has a set of false teeth in that looks so joke shop. I kept forgetting <laughs> that fake. Like, you'd think, oh, no, they're too shit to be a prop. Yeah. They've got to be real teeth. But, no, they are comedy Vic Reeves teeth. Yes, definitely. Yeah. But it's basically, yeah, he's just um, utterly... Um, utterly venal, utterly inappropriate, um, doesn't understand. I mean, at one point, to get the movie made, their accountant finds the one grant they've not used, which is a, um, like, equal opportunities employment grant. So he decides, right, well, I'll just hire, as he keeps saying, I'll hire ethnic minorities and they can play the monsters. So he's got, like, a couple of black guys, a guy in a wheelchair, and it's they're sitting there going, so why are we the monsters? And he's like, yeah, you're right, that, that could come across as racist, couldn't it? I've got it. All the white actors should black up. That is, <laughs> his, that is how fucking gone Ed Harry Shredder is. And it's, yeah, and it's all sort of just ridiculousness. It's sort of like half, half gory occult sitcom, half office sort of politics yeah. thing of it, like, yeah. It feels theatre, like, more than it does TV. Yeah, which oh, is okay. where they're from anyway, yeah. so, yeah. They're just a company that I discovered and thought, that sounds brilliant, but unfortunately I can never enjoy any of their shows because they'll be in Flemish. Uh, and then I found out they've done this series, and it had subtitles, so, I was, <laughs> yeah, that's what got me in. <laughs> Excellent. I shall be checking that out. Um, I've watched a couple of things since our last recording. Um, I watched Blood Red Sky on Netflix. What? Um, which uh, should also be called 30 Days of Die Hard on a Plane. Um, 
It is, it's uh, 30 days of night style vampire is uh, controlling it with drugs and he's on a plane when it gets hijacked. So she allows herself to turn back into a vampire and then picks off the hijackers one by one. Mm. Um, it was, it, it was good. I quite enjoyed it. It could definitely have been half an hour shorter than it was, but <laughs> I mean, other than that, it was possible. Um, and then the London Horror Society put a thing up saying, oh, why is nobody talking about The Empty Man from, I think it's possibly 2019? Um, it's really good. And the reason is because it's exactly the same as us. It's really, it's a great concept. So, so I'm going to say it's a dog shit write-off, but you yeah. might, you know, love it. Um, <laughs> buy the T-shirt. But, like, it, it's got a great, it's really creepy, and it's a really good concept. Until the end twist, when you go, well, if that's the twist, nothing else that happened in this film could possibly have happened. So you've just spoiled yeah. the last hour and 45 minutes by trying to be too smart. Um, yeah, so I was really pissed off about that because it was, it, was, it was really good until that point. It's, it was really creepy and all the imagery was really good. But yeah, it was one of those, as soon as the twist happened, you went, well, how was he talking to her and how was that happening and why do they remember him and, and the can't they make can't they make blu-rays where you get the option do you want the shit twist at the end or yeah. or just cut enjoy it the yeah do, do you want the lee end. version or the director's cut and like oh. you know then you've got a film you could enjoy yeah oh it was absolutely <laughs> to be bandersnatch yeah, yeah basically yeah. well just yeah just the ending how do you want the ending <laughs> to go? i think i think the weird that it's um Oh, what's, it is that horrible thing where you get that suspicion that someone's gone, I've got this great plot and it's got a twist, but they haven't actually got the twist yet. Yeah. Someone's <laughs> given them the money and it's like, fuck, we better come up with this twist. Uh, it was his sister all along. He hasn't got a sister. Write her in. <laughs> you know, what are you talking about? And it's like, and we lost... Um, we lost Sean Block this week, which is a real yeah. shame. Um, and um, yeah, but I, I remember the words of his, a very good friend of his, Mr. Bill Bailey, when he said, How does he write jokes? Well, I start with a punchline and work my way back. And that admittedly is a joke. But plot twist films, that's how they should be done. Yeah. It's like it's like you don't think Agatha Christie lucked into her like solutions at the end yeah. of who the murderer was or whatever like that. It's like, no, I think she knew and then wrote the story. Yeah. Whereas I think a lot of people seem to be forgetting that, doing it backwards these days. What should we do? Oh, it's all a dream? Oh, yeah, because that won't fuck me off. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was, oh. It, and, and, yeah, again, it's the problem of if it had been crap, I'd have turned it off. But once I'd spent an hour and 45 and then it yeah. shit in me face... That was what really pissed me off. So, uh, yeah. It says here, The Empty Man was not screened in advance for critics and received mostly negative reviews upon release. So, Right, so without further ado, let's crack on to this evening's main event. I haven't got a trumpet, but if I did... So, Claire, yes. um, I know we mentioned it briefly, but explain your history with this film, please. 
this film, in the words of a great scholar, left a dot in my pants. <laughs> because this is the one that made me not want to watch horror films. Mm. This is like, this and House on the Haunted Hill, but like the new Jeffrey one. Rush yeah. version, yeah. Because I watched those, these were like one of the first horror films I watched when I was a teen mm. in a sort of like sleepover party scenario, which is already like one of the most tense, <laughs> like just places full stop. Um, because you don't want to look like a dick. Yeah. Mm. And I was just convinced I looked like a dick, which made me even more scared. Um, and I barely watched any of it. And now I was like, I'm a double R bastard, so I'm going to watch it. <laughs> and then I want to see how it, if it still has the same effect of me now, I'm not scared of horror as a genre. Mm. Like the idea of watching a horror film doesn't frighten me anymore. Um, yeah. Mm. That, that was my thinking. So did you make it to the end on this time around? I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how, and how were your pants? <laughs> I'm, I'm not this. <laughs> we, did, there were, it was, we were a morse-free laundry that day. No we dots, were. no dashes. That's right. That's very good. Yeah. So I know we've said it on the, the show before, but I think that's the thing. With so many people who don't watch horror... They, they go to something like that, like a party or a sleepover when they're yeah. a teenager. You haven't got much to compare it to. And somebody is always like, do you know what would be really funny? It's to scare the cock out of everyone and prove how hard I am by exactly. making everyone watch something. And it's such a dick move because it just spoils it for everybody because so many mm. people never go back again. Yeah. And that, and that was definitely me. And um, I was, yeah, watched it yesterday. And it was just like, I mean, I had the advantage of I barely watched it the first time because I was mm. hiding for most of it. But um, I could only really remember like images of it rather than parts mm. or scenes of the film. And um, yeah, watching it this time was just a completely different experience, mm. if that's not too wonky to say. <laughs> but did you enjoy it or did you just find it tolerable this time? I wasn't frightened by it at all. Hmm. Um, I don't know if I enjoyed it, <laughs> but I'm glad I watched it again. Hmm. Now, just, um, just to add at that point, though, we are watching this still during a pandemic. Now, yeah. that, 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 <laughs> that, might, that might have adjusted, you know. Yeah, desensitised me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I think, because I said this to Adam after watching it, and you were shocked, um, that I felt like this had aged worse than, like, fives. This looks um, awful now. It's like, just everything about it of its time. And, um, yeah, and I think that was the thing, well, that and another detail that we'll come to just really distracted me throughout <laughs> yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> so... I was just very distracted. But... See, that's those like funny because I get that with some some eras more than others, and I didn't mm. get that with this for some reason. And yeah, it's funny. I can't but then work I out exactly. Nineties like, it... and noughties are now mm. like really fashionable. People are going around wearing all that, and people of our age are now like, well, I've made my decision. That's when I'll 
Because that repeats, so that's where I'm staying. See, see it's funny, right? I've, I've heard this. I've heard that nineties are back in. I still yeah. don't venture out of this room a lot. So I've yet to actually experience that night. Oh, yeah, we're into pain. something else. Okay. Yeah, the kids love white and pain now. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, it's gone. 90s is done. Finished. Well, this was 2K, though, wasn't it? It's turned out to be yeah. just. Yeah. I think this is the trouble, though, is I think you're right. I think probably me. Certainly, I feel I would have been in my prime. And I was like, yes, this is exactly what the world's like. <laughs> and unfortunately, I've not moved on from there. So it's like, no, that's still what the world's like. Fucking Tony Blair. <laughs> Even George W. Bush fucking Walker. What? Oh, I'm Tony Blair's long hair now. It's horrible. Oh. And if you've not seen it, Tony Blair now looks like the bloke who hires them in Kill List. Yeah. <laughs> he really is like a wizened old pont. So yeah. <laughs> nice long curly hair. Um, so Chris, you saw this back when it was released, I'm imagining. Yeah, I think I might have seen it in the cinema. I, like I don't actually remember going there, but I just I remember it being big, and so I'm assuming it was around the time, and so it's it's quite possible that I did um I, yeah um but I, I definitely remember being left with a sense that I liked it even though I couldn't remember details um I, I essentially did just remember the zombies being fast and yeah. I guess that you know I probably hadn't seen many zombie films um, I'd probably seen them more in computer games, I imagine, than films, because I can't actually remember. Um, I hadn't it's seen any of the classics. It's period where Resident Evil brought zombies. Yeah, but funny enough, I, I never actually played Resident Evil because I didn't have a PlayStation, um, and I just, I'd never got it on PC. But I guess, I, th I think in things like Quake and Doom, you know, there's zombie, mm. essentially zombie-type characters in in it so and uh, you know i'd heard of them and so i'd heard of vampires i hadn't seen that many vampire films either so it just yeah i don't know for me it, it felt like it they had done a good job of what i imagined to be modernizing zombies making them fast but i i, I remembered seeing it again this time i rem remember thinking what was interesting is how at the start it's the monkeys um and the scientists are kind of obviously doing something bad, probably, although his argument is they have to infect them to study it. And you can make the argument because we do probably need to understand this sort of stuff and mm. you, you can't infect humans. So, you know, it's, it's, that's a debate there to be had. But then you've got the tree-hugging hippies thinking they're doing something wonderful by releasing them, but they don't understand what they're doing and they just they're so convinced and and you know that that is still a good this is a you know a good story to see for for modern times now i mean you know the different groups around the world who think they've got the answers to life and it's their ideology and they're so convinced they're right and they don't want to listen to anyone else whereas really you've got to have a debate you, you know i agree i uh, one of the things that made me screaming in the office mm. mad a couple of years ago um was when uh, all the protesters were um, uh, demonstrating against climate change. Mm. Um, and they've been saying the best way to, to help prevent climate change 
They've been saying for decades, one of the best ways is to get out of your car and get on public transport. So in order to make a they, protest, they blocked they order. Fuck public transport for a week and put everyone back in their car. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. So what you've now done is you put everyone back in their car. They're going to realise how much nicer it is when there isn't some dirty, smelly Grebo supergluing himself to the window. And now all those people are going to stop getting the trains, you fucking idiot. Um, yeah, yeah no, that's that's not quite how I'd put it, but yeah, <laughs> that's how I'd put it, and I'll stand by that. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's sort of interesting, you know. This is a bleak film, and essentially everyone is kind of doing it wrong hmm. a lot of the time, and and that's because you know, I mean, humans we've not been made to be great at things. We've been made to just about you know continue uh, the DNA, and that's it. If we roughly do that good enough, the rest can well, just I be complete chaos. It's like as we are like pack animals that like we live mm. in families, mm. which is how the virus spreads so quickly. Mm. And then when you're in just pairs or threes, you fuck up completely because you've not got enough people to go, should we really be hanging about down here or yeah. dripping we should fuck off? Mm. But then in a period, <laughs> the more people you add, the more that you get a committee. Mm. And then by the end of it, there's some cunt sending you a memo and the fucking rage vi- uh, virus zombie's got you by the throat. Yeah. It's like, well, oh, I, did, oh, I sent an email. That's <laughs> <laughs> it. Like with the military. So, I mean, I did find that fascinating this time. And it was a bit like, oh, you know, I, I completely understand what's going on here now. But in that situation, I don't know. What is the right answer? If, if the world is getting wiped out, you sort of have to reproduce. Obviously, that's not the way to do it. I don't think it's about reproduction. Oh, all right, no. So, <laughs> I, I like. I mean, it is because the biological urge that needs to be dealt with somehow, and that's what it comes from. That's, um, why, that's what happens when the internet's gone. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but Actually, but obviously, they're out in the English woods. Surely they could find some pornography. <laughs> <laughs> like, push some. Come on, old school. But you know, I mean, there isn't like. In some situation like that, obviously at some point it's got to get serious and you've got to figure out, well, what do we all think is a good setup now? Um, mm. I mean, that, that would be a very boring film to, <laughs> to try, try and figure that out in a, in a very nice way. But, you know, it's clearly a difficult thing. There's a show you might like, Chris. There was a show in the 70s and they, I think they remade it in the mid-2000s called Survivors. Mm. And... The, certainly the original version of it was like 28 days later via The Good Life. Mm, okay. And so it's quite, so basically a virus, uh, there's a viral outbreak, it wipes out loads of people. Um, but it is the people trying to, like, exist. So yeah. unfortunately for every episode that you've got, like, something exciting happens, like, an army bloke turns up and tries to be a prick and they have to kill him. There's about 40 episodes about crop rotation. Yeah. 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 It's so it's, but it, but that does go much more into that idea of like, you're, they're trying to build a society and there's even like, there's like an episode where they basically have to form a cult because there's a guy who kills someone and Mm. they're like, so, what do we do about this? Because there's no law. Do we reintroduce law and things like that? 
Uh, it's obviously it's from the seventies, and like I say, it's very sort of it's very middle class. Yeah. In the well, 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 you know, we should have a fair judge and jury, really. And it's like, no, he's an animal. Take him outside, make him dig his own grave, and kill yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> but mm. no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, in those sort of circumstances, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if Scott Adams playing for next Monday. This is just- <laughs> no, no, I'm <laughs> off work. So. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, the thing that struck me more than anything, I've got to say, uh, that you touched on, Claire, was just how badly this film has aged in, in in everything about it. Like the look and feel of it. At first, I was like, oh, has she put the Biker Grove DVD in this? Like it just looked like <laughs> terrible ITV shooting. It was awful because um, it's all on. It's all digital video. Yeah. So, early, yeah. so it just looks yeah very early um, I think and the acting as well yeah I think that might have been why I was a bit disappointed because because I had such like such a reaction from it first time hmm. I built it up in my mind that it must be hmm. this like amazing piece of cinema yeah. for it to have affected me I, like that hmm. and actually no it probably the 12 other teenagers shit scared me yeah more than yeah. The but, but was there was there something about like the opening scene when he when he's walking around london and it's deserted i mean that i'm fairly certain that had a big impact it was like well we haven't sort of seen london look like that before so is it just that that it was almost like the zoomed out and seeing these grand vistas that normally look bustling with life like was that just well, such a contrast funny, those, those quiet bits mm. I thought were more effective than mm. yeah. the zombie bits and because you really felt like and I even said what the fuck would you do like yeah, because you would never to see a hospital deserted you'd go mm. I, don't know, like, I don't know you'd assume something had happened there but for London yeah. to be just but of course empty. we have now seen that in real life it's yeah. almost like watching this is like oh yeah you know it's just it's not, nothing special about this film. Yeah. We've done that. Has the power of this film been diminished by yeah. the fact that we know that a pandemic's a bit more fucking boring? Yeah. <laughs> you know. I can't, I can't trust anything in this now. <laughs> what else are the lights me about? That was fantastic. The music that they overlaid on that, mm. um, on those London scenes. Yeah. I know we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, Chris, and you said you've never listened to Godspeed, You Black Emperor. Wait, that yeah, exactly is that what this sounds yeah. like? Yeah. But the it's stuff, exactly no, what it sounds. So, so it's incredible. Yeah, like I have, you must have played Black Emperor before. I'm sure like it's been played. Really would have played yeah. Godspeed Black but Emperor. But when I yeah, when I was watching, I was thinking, yeah, like it was reminding me of something. So that is yeah, I think that's fantastic. Because mm. that earlier stuff, because we we did see it and I definitely saw it in the cinema. I'm pretty sure I saw it with you, Lee. I was gonna I, say the same, yeah. <laughs> and I and I definitely saw it with Dean. Because I remember the little flutter down our aisle of like him going, it's got to be Jack. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a flutter down the aisle. What's wrong with you? <laughs> you know, I met you then. What's wrong? I've just like whispered sort of like, it's got to be Jack. Mm. Oh, it's got to be Jack. <laughs> and it's actually um, East Hastings from their album F Sharp, A Sharp, Infinity. Mm. And apparently Danny Boyle said that he uses music when he writes 
And that album was basically, as he said, that's what he wrote the film to. Yeah, that's interesting. So he sort of used it in that. There's, there's a really good, or there was, there was a nice little series of CDs, which was um, authors doing the same thing, where they picked music that they listened to while they were writing. And Clyde Barkers was really good because it was mostly soundtracks mm. and stuff. But... Um, and similarly, yeah, he said that because I can't remember what was the other thing he said. It was like uh, there was another film where he'd um, like he, it was oh, it's Underworld. Uh, the first Underworld album was what he wrote Trainspotting to. Yeah, and so it's sort of yeah, but um, but no, God's Speech like and that that whole opening sequence is fucking incredible. Yeah, yeah. and it has to be said, I think that because. Interestingly enough, Claire was like, at one point, I think we just went to get a drink and have a tea or whatever like that. And you said, oh, has it got much longer? Mm. And I was like, strangely enough, I don't think it has because I was like hitting plot points really quickly. Mm. And when they were filming it, they only had like very small times where the, basically the police would block off roads for them for yeah. about half an hour early on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And that's when they'd filmed the deserted London stuff. And interestingly enough, I think that that might have been what helps the pace of the film. Because I think if they'd have had more carte blanche to film empty yeah. London, it would have been much more ponderous. Yeah. I think there would have been, it would have got to the point where it's like, get, ha- mm. make something happen. Yeah, yeah, don't tell me, show me. Yeah. And it yeah. was like, and I think that that might have actually been in its favour, like the sort of the fact that they couldn't shut down London fully. Mm. And actually most of the night stuff is regraded day footage because it was cheaper to do that and more effective than it was to digitally try and remove street lights and building mm. lights yeah. for any of the nighttime stuff. So mm. yeah, so a lot of it was sort of day for night shooting. Mm. It looks better than a lot of day for night shooting, to be fair. And it, yeah, it does, yeah. how bad it looks in general, I think that came across I, really well. I think that's the thing, is I think that's the thing of the digital element of it. But like I say, it's such an early digital thing. Weirdly enough, it now looks like you shot it on a phone. Yeah. Yeah. And not the latest model. <laughs> mm. You know, it looks like YouTube. Mm. Yeah, it does. You know, and, and, and it sort of pre obviously predates YouTube by three years. But I think, yeah, it does look like that. But that, to me, in my head, I think still makes it feel realistic. Whereas I think for you, you were like... That's just lost it completely. It looks, you know, it looks like they haven't got the, the latest fine. I mm-hmm. find that bad. Yeah. No, it wasn't even that. It was, I, don't, I don't even know what, what it was about it. Because obviously, like you can say, oh, the chilies that the chimps are watching it on. Look, aren't they big? Mm-hmm. Aren't they chunky? Yeah, you would um, have, yeah, but chimps can but, only watch big chunky telly. I know. They only like the big four channels. Yeah, they like the big um, four channels. But it was just everything. Everything about it felt like it. Like the really quick cuts felt really off the time. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. fact that there was so much. Well, I said to you, the NHS really deserved those round of applause because Jim was in a coma when he fell off a fucking bike. He's come out of the coma and now he's doing parkour and killing eight army men. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I, can't, st- I had exactly the same thought in, at the same point. It was when he suddenly <laughs> ambushed him shirtless mm. in the rain. And I was like, didn't he just yeah. three days ago? Like, he's doing very... Yeah, yeah he, gets shot in, he gets shot in the chest, point blank. And makes it and with a rifle. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's doing it from passion. He's, he's got something to live for. They've all <laughs> lost it. It's, it's interesting because the whole thing, especially like I love, I mean, for a start, I love the scene where he blinds the bloke with his thumbs because mm. I, you know, A, life goals, but also, <laughs> you know, he is literally the most unpleasant yeah. of yeah. a bunch of art mm. souls. And that's, inclu- that's including... Christopher Eccleston pretended to be Charles Dance <laughs> and, and a goober in a fucking frilly, frilly fucking apron. But yeah, still the fuck off you can. Cockney fucking geezer. I'm glad he gets his head smashed in. Yeah. But I would have done, I would have been happy about that if he was a charity worker. It's like, <laughs> in, he's just such a prick. But that scene then has the bit where she thinks Jim's infected. Mm. Yeah. And he's almost kind of like, Oh, so he's channeling his rage. But, and it pains me because I do love the film. But, yeah, I love the film, I think, because everything's really, really, really fucking bleak and everything's really, really accurate. And then finally it's like, yeah, but you'd want a happy ending. Mm. And a happy ending, unfortunately, in this scenario involves slaughtering seven army men and getting shot in the chest. You know, it is, that's... That's the best you can expect as a happy ending in a way. But then I still think, right, so Hannah is, like, she's a really shit actor. She, <laughs> she's, not, she's not great. But right. as a character, she's brilliant. She's really fucking useful. She can drive. She can fix cars. She can handle her drugs. Yeah. <laughs> I think she should have been the one that took down the army men. And not she did. Jim. She did take out um, Chris Eccleston. Yeah, that's true. She did. That was yeah. a pretty badass move. That was yeah. really good. She has only. I think she's only done like two other films, mm. and they were mm. before this. But she is now a musician and pop star. She's. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's called Betty Curse, and it's like sort of emo punk pop mm. that you could imagine someone called Betty Curse would produce. Mm. But yeah, so she's not really pursued an acting career since this. So you're you're right though, because I that was my first thing. As I say, so I saw this at the cinema. I bought it when it came out on DVD. I might have watched it once, but not seen it again since. Um, yeah, and it's the activists at the beginning. They are the shittest actors, and I was like, <laughs> if the acting is this level all the way through, I'm really going to struggle with this. But, but is uh, it? Is it a little bit a little bit about trying to make it real seeming that they were preps or was it budgetary? Uh, like... I, just, I assume it was a budgetary thing or they were his mates from the pub who he promised roles to and then regretted it when he sobered up and couldn't back out of it. I think might have been. I think they were people in it that were really good. Well, mm. actually, at that start, David Schneider's brilliant. And... You know, he David was the Schneider. best person in that scene. In that scene, yeah. yeah. Oh, this oh, come on, some of those monkeys, man. <laughs> uh, Claire, Claire said something to me that actually left me with a hole, a hole deep in my soul yeah. when she said, "Are any of the monkeys named in the cast?" And I was like, "No, they're fucking not." <laughs> but that's despicable. <laughs> you know, I know the names of the dogs from. You mm. can see the names of the dogs from uh, 
Silence of the Lambs and The Thing yeah. and stuff like that. But none of these monkeys get a credit. And they're some top-level monkey actors. Well, ape actors, sorry. Monkeys, they're not monkeys, they're apes. Perhaps uh-huh. they're just at a level of celebrity where they just need to be called monkey. You know, like The Rock. Oh, like, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, when, like when Johnny Depp turns up in films under an alias. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're that. Yeah, maybe they are. Maybe they are that level of celebrity. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's anyway. funny. It's funny you bringing that up because earlier on I was like, there's 28 days later, and then then there was 28 weeks later, and then I was like, was there another 28 weeks later? I was 28 like, years. Hang on a minute. Was that? Did it have a chimpanzee in it who kept punching people out of car windows and giving them the finger? And I was like. I think I've mixed two films up there in my mind. Yeah. I would definitely have watched You've got it confused with every which way but 28 weeks later. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently there was going to... They said that they had toyed with the idea of doing 28 months later. Oh. But, but frankly, give up after oh, 28 weeks. It's yeah. not right. Yeah, because then you do 28. Actually, now you could do 28 years later or they could do it in 10 years and do... But I mean, actually, but who, who's in that? Selena, Han- Hannah, and Jim. There's no That's uh, just to bring it. I've not seen Twenty Eight Weeks Later because I disliked it. Well, I can I remember coming out of the cinema and us being very complimentary about this film. But again, as I've said with a lot of other stuff, I've then never had the urge to go back and rewatch it. Yeah. I think, I think Claire's right. I think it's one of those films I enjoyed massively, but it aged so badly that within two or three years, I was like, oh, that feels dated already. And I just, so I just never reached the point where it was time to go back to it. So, so I'm glad that we did for this. Um, but yeah, I, I shall not be continuing with the 28 later franchise any further than absolutely necessary. I mean, I, li- I like the fact that obviously it's, the same universe, but an entirely different story and entirely different characters. But unfortunately, I couldn't give a shit about their entirely different story or those entirely different <laughs> So I sort of think, yeah, probably, you know, yeah. it's like you could, do, you could do something set on, I was trying to think, like, you know, Vulcan from Star Trek. But if it's like the guy, who, the guy who runs a bakery, it's probably not going to be as interesting as, like, you know, some weird <laughs> space ritual or fighting a Romulan. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. I mean, could, who knows? The Vulcan Bagel Bakery could be the best thing that. to see. Mm. But I but doubt it. You know. um, the other thing that struck me with this, this is the only, I know they never mentioned zombies or whatever, but it's one of the only mm. sort of post-apocalyptic movies I've seen where all of the roads are empty any post-apocalyptic film you ever watch, it's like, how bad is the apocalypse? Well, how bad's the traffic jam? Like, that's what you always need to look at. And the roads that's in this... really interesting dead. point. They've mm. been cleared, yeah. So, well, Jennifer's concept was, well, if it's an infection, a bit like we saw with COVID, mm. maybe people all just locked themselves in the houses and didn't try to escape the towns and try and escape the city. But, like, that's always the thing. You know, if you watch any film, like... Independence Day or Zombieland or whatever, mm. it's always, well, you've got to walk outside of the major cities if you want to use the roads because they're just gridlocked. And in yeah. this, even Piccadilly Circus, he walked through and there was just a random beamer just sitting in the middle of the... Of the yeah. 
box jump. It's, it's a, and it didn't have 155 tickets on it. So that's how you know how fucked society is. It was in a box junction and there wasn't a ticket on it. That's, <laughs> that's never going to happen. Well, it, it was in Piccadilly Circus and it was still in one piece or not being mm-hmm. towed. Yeah. <laughs> or with like three angry lorry drivers behind it tooting until the bloke moves, even though he's dead. <laughs> but I think, I, but then you've got, because obviously you've got like the stuff under the bridge where you have got a pile up of vehicles. Mm. That again, definitely, I can't, a black cab's a great, you said a black cab yeah. is a great utility vehicle mm. to go around in. But equally, no fucking way can it traverse across a fucking barricade of other cars. And no. Yeah. yeah. With, with a burst with a burst tire at best. Fuck off. Well, if we're talking about things that really stretch belief, <laughs> I was really quite distracted by Selena's hair because I was like, who's straightening her hair? Yeah. There's no way Selena has got straight hair. And then I went on a bit of a You went on a deep dive I and did. I admired it. And I was like, right, so Selena has got type 4C hair. That's her curl pattern, right? So she got a relaxant. On the day that it happened, it's already been fucked up. And that's providing she can maintain it. She's running around, she's getting hot, she's getting sweaty. There's just no way. No way at all. And that really, that distracted me. I think these are details we have never explored. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm very impressed. Right, her hair is the same when it's been 10 mm. days of dry and when she's out in the pissing rain. Her hair yeah, always yeah. looks exactly the same. Yeah. She, she's got, like, anime hair. <laughs> she does look like an anime because she is the coolest-looking person in it. Everyone else Definitely. everyone else looks a shambles. Yeah. Whereas she looks like she's got two katana blades. Or I think Sunny Cheaper. And then, yeah. Again, the most impractical weapon when it, a virus is bloodborne, it's a fucking machete. Yeah. yeah, but then it's... The trouble is, it's what, what do you do? Even with a baseball bat, there's going to be blood. Whatever you hit someone with, it's going to be blood and you can't get hold of a gun. Oh, no. But then I was... That, Unless you know Alexi Sale. Again, we had this conversation and um, I was like, imagine, you know... I was going to say, I don't want to bring the mood down, but we're talking about... It's 28 days fucking later, mate. But, Imagine that someone being so not depressed, right, that they have that much will to live. Like, I can't relate to it. I'd do myself in in a heartbeat in this situation because I'm not running. I'm a wheelchair user. So unless it's permanently downhill, I'm fucked. (laughs) (laughs) It's just not happening. Well, you get the wheelchair kitted out properly and just go on a a rampage. One year I I put a message out to all my friends Saying who wants to turn my wheelchair into the ultimate sledge and not one person said yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'd, we'd have done that. We'd have put fuck, we'd have had some rockets left over from um, fireworks and like, stuck it to the sides as well. <laughs> you are right though, like these you know, how bleak it is, and these people have still got this battling yeah. desire to yeah, and you're right, there is a point where you just like and yeah, and, and I've done it before. I've got up in the morning, put my electric toothbrush in my mouth, the battery runs out. I'm like, well, that's it. That's it for the day. Play or should yeah. just end it all now? <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah. so you, you uh, Lee, and Adam, and it would seem clear as well, never had any desire to watch 28 Weeks Later. Now, 
Claire, I understand. Oh, oh no, I did. I oh, you did watch it. Oh, okay. I, I uh, watched it, but that was I watched it when it came out on and, DVD. Yeah, and when did it come uh, out? I haven't watched it since. When did oh, it come out? Two. 2006 maybe it wasn't that long off it was long enough that it was kind of oh you're doing a sequel yeah like, okay but not film i've forgotten about yeah but yeah. And, but also i know lee you'd you've said a few times that you had had enough yeah, of seven mm, okay yeah so like five, yeah, like five years but yeah you'd had enough of zombies and was that long after 28 days later then you'd kind of decided zombie films well, have, I, I think... have finished we, we were saying, and it, it's funny, Adam saying about the, the fact that this was all shot on digital. Um, mm. I think that was the thing. I think digital was making itself more readily available. Yeah. So therefore, there was more and more independent stuff coming out. And this had done well on a, on a tiny budget. And people mm. were like, oh, we can just uh, put yeah. a couple of people up as zombies and then effectively just have a drama about what pricks people are, which is all zombie movies ever are to me. Um, yeah, it does and, seem and like that's so the theme. Yeah. This kind this came out and I was like, oh my God, this is great. And then mm. within a year or so, it just opened the floodgates for so much rubbish. Okay, but yeah, so then you'd seen all the rubbish coming out, then 28 weeks later it comes out. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, too I'm bothered, so, yeah. so mm. over it. And, and that was the problem. That this film was then mentally like anchored to all mm. of that. Yeah. 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 For me. Um, Can I ask, why is this? Because they're not zombies. No. So why is this lumped in with zombie films? Is it just... Well, it's just wait, so what, what is it that makes a zombie? Like a traditional... It's, it's dead. Yeah, but, but why do... does it come back alive? What was the... They, the I mean, we just watched thing, not long ago, enough, but I can't remember what was it. Well, in, in Night of the Living Dead, it's the return of a satellite that might have radiation on it. Ah, in, okay. Um, yeah. In... Uh, the Living Dead at the Manchester Morgue, it's an agricultural machine that kills insects mm. but also happens to wake the dead up. Um, so, but so, so you're saying, yeah, okay, but you're saying that the actual definition is you have to be dead and then become undead. I would, I whereas would I, I sort of view it as just when your brain gets zombified, I kind of now view it as anything can do yeah. it, you don't actually have to be dead, but it's, it's a state of mind. Yeah, yeah zombie state of mind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Christ, there's bound to be about eight billion t-shirts of that on. Yeah. So, <laughs> Frankenstein's monster classes. Yeah. The well, one. I would. I've even seen the crone class as a zombie, but I just think yeah, that's, no, that's, yeah. that's someone back from the dead. It's mm. like you say, there's because traditionally there's the tradition of the zombie as it relates to Haitian myth. Mm. It isn't even. It's basically someone who is reduced to a slave. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that's it. So I view it as someone who's lost consciousness, essentially, yeah. and they are yeah. now an, lost an the automaton. Yeah, and they are just an animal yeah. brain, essentially. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, and I think that's because I mean that's definitely what the rage does to everyone. Mm. Is everyone becomes uh, a, a, a hyper aggressive primate? Yeah, they can't talk mm. mostly because they're vomiting blood all the time, but. Um, they, you know, they can, they have, they can use things mechanically, but they are purely focused on anger. Yeah, but and so apparently there was, there was sort of stuff that they were talking about, like when they were like hit Danny Boy and Alex Darling when they were writing it, they were putting stuff in. They were sort of saying, would there be 
like whatever your rage, what incites you to rage, is that how it would come out? Mm. Hmm. So that because I think there was one bit where they were saying because I'm sure I'm sure when I watched it with the commentary when it first came out on DVD years and years ago, and I'm pretty sure there was one bit where they said, "Oh yeah, in this sequence, uh, the like the bit at the end where the army are getting slaughtered by Mailer and the other one, and they're all getting yeah. turned into zombies." Apparently, at one point, one of the zombies was gonna uh, was gonna rape someone to death. Mm. Like was going to rape one of the other soldiers to death, and it was meant to be that because they were all fueled by sexual frustration, mm. and it was like, and it was, and for a start, it was is everything all right at home, Danny? Um, and, <laughs> but also, I think it was like at some point, someone just went, I "Think you're laying it on with a fucking trowel here now, mate?" I mean, it's pretty. It's quite yeah, rapey, it, as it well, yeah. not that, yeah, not I was that very uncomfortable with that. Mm. Yeah. But you said about it being a trigger thing. So it, so in that universe, I, my zombie would just hang around inside a derelict karaoke bar and anyone who came <laughs> in to do karaoke was getting their shit messed with. What, what about I, if they I wanted to dance as well? Oh, my God. Then it'd be double sold in it. Yeah. <laughs> it'd just be, just be reports of a red-eyed me taking flat caps backwards off of people. <laughs> it don't happen very much, but Jesus fucking wept. It shouldn't have never, it should never have happened. Yes. I'll say back to Killian Murphy again, you see, with uh, Peaky yeah. Blinders. Mm. Well, I mean, he's him and his Peaky Blinders. See, this is the, and you this can is see I'm how the bit, the bit where Peaky Blinders is talking to the ninth doctor, <laughs> that's really fucking good. Um, did you actually, that's one thing, there's loads of little bits that you sort of notice. And like researching it, I was like, I'm looking out for him now. And there's stuff like, you know, when Frank nicks all the whiskey mm. in the supermarket, you later see it, it's all on Christopher Eccleston's desk mm. where oh, yes, they've gone through all their shit. I noticed when he said, Do you want a drink? It was exactly yeah. the same box that he removed that yeah. bottle from. Yeah. And I thought, but, How are you sneaky <laughs> bastard? Yeah. He's had, he's had that. And I think, again, he, haunts the podcast in many ways and Charlie Brooker when talking about Day of the Triffids which is essentially what this fucking film is yeah um, seriously bloke wakes up wakes up in hospital mm. most of the country have been abandoned uh, to a terrifying affliction and then at the end of it when it looks like everything's all right the army turn up and they're cunts and it's sort of <laughs> that's that's Day of the Triffids so supplant like intelligent carnivorous plants for rage and it's exactly the same plot mm. but charlie brooker described that as where the plants aren't the monsters it's twatty old humanity <laughs> and again i think that's why that's what i always like with zombie films is mm. like you say they're always that point but i quite like that point because it's like yeah humans are cunts they're all they're all venal and they'll fuck you over which is why i love frank because <laughs> frank is so frank's just genuine Mm. Yeah, he is. I mean, like, Brendan Gleeson is a fucking brilliant actor anyway, but he, mm. how he makes Frank so lovely is just, yeah, yeah. Mm. it's just brilliant. I mean, that, I think he's just, like, really, his first job is to protect Hannah. Mm. And so he's, like, like you said when we were watching it, is for them, not a lot has changed because they've still got each other. Yeah. So... Whatever they're doing, they're still doing it 
together yeah Mm. and so if he can make it as normal as possible oh we've got guests let's get him a drink Mm. yeah Yeah. like yeah where do you want to sit have a bath do what you want like all of that is really lovely and then when he dies even when he gets the virus he still manages to have that little bit of self-control yeah Yeah. get away from me Mm. like that feeling is still stronger I'd and forgotten, I said, I remembered the Frank character, but I'd forgotten that that was how you meet him. Is yes. with that riot shield at the top of, and he comes across as such a terrifying, mm-hmm. like yeah. beast of a figure in that in that get up when you can't see who he is, and then he comes in and strips it all off. I was like, "That's Brendan Gleeson under there." Like, yeah. And again, as you say, and then suddenly he becomes everyone's dad, and you're like, "Oh, he's so awesome." Actually, that bit where um, Jim's having a nightmare. Mm. And he just wakes him up and says, "You're having a nightmare, son. You're right." And he goes, "Thanks, Dad." Yeah. And yeah. You, you're like, you know, it's half. You know, he's half asleep, full of sleeping pills as well. But it's sort of <laughs> like, yeah. But I, and I think that's why it's it's interesting because you get that little weird idyllic middle bit like, where the family go on a road trip. Yeah. <laughs> and then as soon as Frank's torn away, it all goes to fucking shit. And mm-hmm. the army turn up and a separate author. Because I read somewhere, someone did a very good point, which is that's usually where this sort of film ends. Mm. You struggle through and then you make it to safety because the army are there. Mm. Yeah. Whereas this is like, no, you are now in, in the probably w- the worst yeah. place yeah. that you've been since the beginning of the film. Yeah. And it's... Which is quite weird when it's like, oh, I've been barreling through London, mm. setting people on fire. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and I think actually, and I have to say, once my boss at work sneezed, and that scene with the crow was perfectly recreated as mm. it volleyed oh. over the fucking desk divider and plopped right in my eye. <laughs> oh. And and I must say. I was probably Did you get right? Less angry than yeah. <laughs> See, it's funny because that scene where the crow drops that blood, bit of blood in his mm. eye, that was one of the few bits that I remembered really clearly from mm. that. Yeah. So it was London being empty, that in his eye, and then Hannah like holding on behind the mirror. Mm. Those were like the three bits that I remembered. Mm. And the rest of it I didn't remember really at all. Um, but that bit where she's holding on behind the mirror well, is genuinely tense. Yeah. yeah. Well, they are oh, very emotional bits, aren't they? Yeah. Each of those, really. Whereas that, the rest is just bit, bleak. I mean, the bit, I, I did see someone saying that the, the tensest scene in it is the taxi, like having changed the wheel on the taxi. I disagree because I think that's one of the few points where you're really fucking annoyed with everyone. Because yeah. like you said, it's like, stop shouting. I know. Oh, why don't we all stop and look rather than change the time? Yeah, what's that noise? Oh, I don't know. Let's wait. Oh, you know, yeah. I'm sure it, what could it be? Probably something interesting and not, and not <laughs> the undead. Maybe it's the ice cream van coming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, raspberry ripple on that. <laughs> yeah. well, you say about the tensest thing, the thing that made me more aggravated than anything, the whole time they were in Frank's flat, and obviously he had all those Christmas lights up to draw attention, but they were playing the Christmas song. And I was like, find the bit that makes the noise and smash it. You don't need yeah. to keep it on all the time. Cut the speaker out. 
I've watched it for 12 seconds and I'm getting aggy. How can you live with it for 10 hours a day? It drives me absolutely back. See, I think having a toddler really primes you well for that yeah. because the amount of the amount of boxes, like you know, battery things and speakers I've cut out of teddies or things I've stabbed with a knitting needle to stop the squeak. Yeah. <laughs> we even we even vandalized a book. Basically, I think Ted did that and then we did the rest. Yeah. But it had like a little button that you pressed, but it was just a goat bleating. Mm. And I kept I kept that for ages because I thought that'll be useful. Never is. And um, then I put it in the bin and scared the shit out of myself because <laughs> I chucked something else in the bin and it kept going off. And I was like, "The fuck's that?" Middle of the night, you're like, the fuck? "Oh right, okay." It's the, uh, yeah. At least it paid <laughs> off in the end. It did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Speaking of Charlie, Brown, <laughs> Jennifer found a little ghost box. Um, at Halloween, that you and it's like a key ring, and you press it, and mm. it's a witch's laugh. And what she does is she'll use it for a couple of days unexpectedly, and then when I start to st- expect it again, she'll find a random piece of clothing and hide it in a pocket, so she won't find it for six months. And then when she finds it again <laughs> in her coat, we get another three days of the witch's laugh every time I turn my back or I'm in the bathroom. Or... <laughs> so, yeah, sometimes those things she do is. come in handy if they're small enough to hide She's somewhere. getting her money's worth for that one. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, 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 remember, I remember one of Jennifer's birthday parties where I'd found an old candle in my dad, like when I cleared out my dad's office, and I found out an old candle that you lit it and it played... <laughs> but it didn't stop, mm, and I think yeah. at that I think at that point Lee went outside for a, a calm punch of a wall, <laughs> um, and then Jennifer bet me to eat it, and I like to say for once in my life I'm sensible and didn't. Well, while we're on this, I know this is completely off topic of the film, but I saw a product and it was a birthday card, and when you see, so you can open it, write in it, then you close the card, pull out a tab, so that when they open it. It sings happy birthday, but doesn't stop. So then they'll go, oh, well, I'll just open it and tear out the thing that makes the noise. And when you open that, it's full of glitter. Uh, <laughs> that is absolute genius. I know. So I mean, it's low-level terrorism, quite frankly. <laughs> but still, yeah. It is, yeah. If that was the there's, extent. It's definitely a Venn diagram of terrorism. Yeah. And yeah. Surprise. Oh, but glitter is harder to get rid of than this virus, mm. I guarantee. <laughs> I mean, actually, the thing the thing we were saying though, with because this came out and I think it was that peak zombie time. Mm. And this definitely has influences. So you then get more running, you get running zombies in films. Mm-hmm. Again, whether these are zombies or not, the uh, Alex Garland and Danny Boyle are adamant they're not zombies. They, they always refer to them as the infected. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, so I kind of go with that, that they're yeah. not zombies. But to all intents and purposes, yeah. they fulfil exactly the function <laughs> that zombies do in the movie, which is kind of almost like a natural event that then human interactions take place around and because of. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I, I just had the thought... Side. The, the the distinction, I suppose, is that this could be real, whereas we tend to think of zombies actually coming back from the dead as probably not being possible. It's like supernatural. Yeah. These yeah. aren't at all. So, so yeah. in theory, this could happen, I guess, which might be a, a point worth well, making. Kind of has happened. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, what, what, 
right. The only thing that Run Danny Boyle and Alex Garland didn't predict was a bunch of pricks marching for the right to get yeah. the fucking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what It's funny, in we this, want? right? Wait, imagine, 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 imagine there's a vaccine for it in this, and there's like tons of people, no, I don't want it. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. there'd be anti vaxxers. Yeah. No, no, I, I, want, I want red I want, eyes. I want blood, blood on sprayed all over me. Yeah, that's exactly. what I love. That I can't think of anything nicer. <laughs> but though, you know, there's chemicals in that vaccine. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> I suppose there's a there's a meme going around and it's fantastic. And it's just a picture of a guy on a stretcher and um, him saying, "Oh, are you taking me to hospital?" And the paramedic saying, "No, we're taking you to see some real medical experts." The comment section. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, imagine right with COVID, if it did actually turn your spit red, so that when you coughed, you did actually get red. I bet there'd be a lot more people getting the vaccine. Yes, mm. and I think this is the trouble: is it's it's really it's the people who get it and walk through with it. They're mm. like, well, it didn't affect me. Yeah, well, oh, for you, mate. Yeah, yeah. Like when some prick loses the fucking clutch off your fucking symbols. Like, well, I don't need it. Well, bully for you, pal. <laughs> well done, bass player. I'm sure you don't need a clutch. <laughs> it's always a you fucking bass player. Um, there was that alternative endings as well. Yeah, there's three alternate endings to this. One of which is probably, is half brilliant and also half shit, which is the reason they didn't do it. <laughs> um, but that, so the very original ending, and apparently this was the one they showed test audiences, um, Jim gets shot and you know there's like like literally seconds of them going into a hospital yeah that was a whole scene of them struggling to keep uh, to um, save it basically and uh, patch him up doesn't work and it ends with Hannah and Selena just walking out of the hospital doors credits and basically all the test audiences were like well they're dead then because you've proven that nothing, there's no cure, there's no, yeah. you know, it's it doesn't have, a, a, you know, it's the bleakest of bleak in a yeah, way. Yeah. So what they then did is they then put on that they left the hospital and then there was the cottage scene, but it was only Selena and Hannah. So Jim has still died. Hmm. And then that's when they got the idea to let Jim live. And then Jim's in the, so they refilmed the cottage scene. So Jim was there. And that's the ending we get. And, and the plane that flies over, the guy is speaking uh, Finnish. And he says, it's something like, uh, please send a helicopter. So they get saved. So they, he did see them. They do get saved. And also, thank you, Finland for not being like all these other arseholes who just let Britain fucking rock. Like that fucking, yeah. Yeah, like the sergeant clicked that's, that's the thing of this, uh, 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 saying about uh, shit twists in films can be. And this one was so subtle, yeah. It's just seeing that plane fly overhead and you suddenly go, mm. we have just been abandoned and everybody else is fine. and just this, We are just yeah. a news story to every other country. Like, I loved that. I thought it was so sort of delicately placed in there. Mm. Because it's interesting, because the only person who would probably have the awareness of that would be Captain West, yeah. Major West. and But he would also be, well, I'm a military man. What would I do? Yeah, we're not coming. We're not going to help you. You are on your own. 
Yeah. So he would set up that fiefdom and he would be like, well, I'll provide them women and we'll keep it yeah. going and then eventually we'll, we'll just dump. But, you know, he would be manning it to the last because he's a military man and, you know, so, but he's probably the only person out of that lot who would be aware, which is why he thinks the sergeant is trouble mm. because the sergeant's cottoned onto it or yeah. the sergeant has mm. made that guess, yeah. you know. And it's almost like, no, that's that. So you get the impression that's why there's a tension there. Mm. Because he's like, no, no, we are in this situation. This is what we do. And he's like, no, we've been fucked over. And we're, we're, yeah. You know, there's, I mean, it's whichever way, you're still fucked. If you know it or you don't, it's still a, a thing. But, yeah. and, but the, like, the jet flying over, apparently, Danny Boyle just took the camera home at the weekends and used to film planes through the trees in his back garden. <laughs> and that's how they got that shot. Because obviously the plane at the end was especially for the film. Mm. Hmm. But yeah, that, but those planes going over here, that was just he went and filmed it and just <laughs> got a good picture, basically. So, nice. Which again is kind of like the advantage of the digital setup is that you can do that sort of shit. You couldn't do that with ordinary film cameras. Or you could, but it would be a nightmare then trying to regrade it and make it match. Yeah. And you don't need a professional it. cameraman. Anybody could just take a digital camera and use it and it's, you know, mm. it's on and off and it's done. It's, um, but I, talking, I would say, talking, sorry, sorry. No, after you. No, I was going to say, I think the two things that I regret about this film or I regret, they, it brings in running zombies, which I don't, I don't have a problem with, but I'm just, just traditionalist, I think. Yeah. Um, and also, I quite fancy the idea of, 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 of a, you know, an apocalypse. Um, cer certainly one where, you know, there's a, a civil breakdown and stuff like that. Um, basically, so I don't have to work. And um, it's... But so the slower zombies seem like that'd be easier to cope with. Yeah. So I can see yourself doing quite well in that scenario. <laughs> this one, no. This yeah. is, yeah. Um, but, but the other thing that it brings in is that fucking juddery cutting during yeah. action scenes which in this is effective but now has it's effective but you can still see oh it is a better way of we didn't have a choreographer for this action yeah but if we move things fast Enough. Juddery, and yeah. it's, it's almost like a documentary like it's like seeing a war zone report mm. or something like that you know where it's like get down and just stuff but later on, everyone fucking copies it. And it's like, oh, great. So I can't understand what's going on for the next 30 seconds. And then I've just got to wait until there's the shot of who's standing at the end to know who won. Yeah. You know. I, I absolutely agree. I um, What was the other film that was like it that was really bad? Like uh, it was effectively, it was like this, but it was Scotland had been cordoned off, if I remember. Doomsday. Yeah. 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 Oh, and, and, it and, does have that in it, actually. Yeah. I still like that entire okay. film for me. It was crap. Um, oh, but the thing I did want to bring up, yeah, which again is, is funny. Um, so supposedly Selena is, you know, has managed to survive as long as she is on her intellect. However, she doesn't at the very end decide to write help out of blankets. She decides to go for They're hello, even more, which is yeah. far longer, and that's why they've run out of everything. And yeah, but but, but it's nicer though, isn't it? Work. Hello, instead of help. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's but, nice. Yeah, it's a happy. Also, yeah, but also if they're manufacturing it over a couple of days, 
if that guy had come past earlier, he'd just see hell, hell. written on the fucking floor, <laughs> and he's like, oh, fuck that. I know, it doesn't, I doesn't look too good down there, does it? No. no. <laughs> Don't send helicopters, send bombs and lots of them. Although, um, although it's not in the film, apparently uh, Naomi Harris, who plays Selena and is now Miss Money Penny in multiple Bond films, that's the thing as well. They, Danny Boyle said that he wanted unknowns in it. Mm. But then I read that he offered the part of Jim to Ewan McGregor. <laughs> and oddly enough, Ewan McGregor didn't take it, even though there was a scene where he had his cock out. And obviously <laughs> Ewan McGregor's quite into that shit. <laughs> but I think, I think Obi-Wan Kenobi's the only one where he doesn't flash it. But, he, um, but he'd fallen out with him because of the beach. Mm. Uh, because he was meant to be in the beach and then Leonardo DiCaprio wanted to be in the beach and mm. they were like, jog on you and he's a big fucking man and he was a sprout, <laughs> sprout-faced boy. So, um, that, so he had a falling out with him. And um, But yeah, so everyone in it has gone on, apart from like Brendan Gleeson and Christopher Eggleston had a no- notable careers before, the, before this. Mm. But like Killian Murphy, this was the first thing I ever saw him in. Mm. And um, Naomi Harris the same, and it's uh, so it is kind of like they've gone unknowns, but they're mm. all people who have, you know, everyone's done well out of this. I think it's you know really people with real talent. I think that's the thing. So yeah. like, they are unknowns, but they're not shit. Unlike the yeah. activists at the beginning, who obviously you know never went on to do anything. But no, say, they've, actually, they've, yeah, they've found a solid yeah. cast. I mean, most of, most of the infected, I'll tell you what, because they got, like, dancers and athletes and stuff like that because they were like, well, what do we want from these people? Physicality more than anything mm. else. So, mm. you know, they don't, they don't need to be fucking Marlon Brando. They've just got, you know, you need... Um, but, like, the guy who plays Mailer is basically... He's like a stuntman who's been in all the Disney Star Wars, all the Daniel Craig Bonds, Children of Men, Doctor Who, and loads and loads and loads of stuff. And most of them have been in, uh, most of them have been in Doctor Who, most of them have been in The the Descent. And and one of them is the thin bloke from the Come to Daddy video. Oh, really? Yeah, I think (laughs) But yeah, so they've all, but yeah, so a lot of people have sort of, and half of the, Half of the um, military guys are all like, there's people from EastEnders and yeah. stuff like that. And, you know, there's everyone's sort of, yeah, they just seem to have hit a real vein of British talent just before most of them actually sort of break cover mm. in a way. And I suppose because it is such a small cast, obviously, that they, they had to pick people who could act because otherwise... It's going to stand out like a sore of thumb. Like Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, yeah, there's. there's oh. um... Lee, Lee's looking intently at his screen again. Yes, yeah. he's, he may have gone. <clears throat> if, if, if he's not, the one. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Ah, there we are. The third ending that they didn't do was basically the mili- none of the military stuff was in it. Mm. And, um, like, they get to the outpost, uh, Frank gets infected, and um, he then, like, they manage to subdue him. Mm. And it's actually at a medical facility. 
and they go inside and there's a guy in like an isolation chamber with like food and water and and facilities and everything. Yeah. And he's the one who's left the radio message and they go in and they say, you've got the answer to infection. And he says, yes, this is it. Mm. The answer to infection is absolute isolation. And unfortunately, Danny Boyle is not our prime minister. (laughs) Unfortunately, Boris Johnson is a fucking knob. Otherwise, maybe the message would have got out quicker Mm. and we could have dealt with this shit like fucking New Zealand quicker. And yeah, it would have been done. But so, (laughs) and so they bring in, um, they bring in Frank to say, oh, look, he's been, uh, uh, he's been turned rage. And they say, but you must have developed a cure. The cure, Danny Boyle said, the reason they didn't go with it is because the cure is horseshit. Uh, and it was basically a full blood transfusion. And so in the ending, um, Jim volunteers to, trans- to, to have a blood transfusion with Frank. So Hannah gets her dad back. And then the end of it was Jim strapped to a table looking like the chimpanzee at the start of it. And Hannah and Frank and Selena are allowed into the scientist's isolation chamber. Mm. And that's where the film ends. And but yeah, so it's weird because the they keep the line in about oh this is the answer no this is the answer to infection but it doesn't actually make as much sense mm. as the idea of the isolated scientist going no this is the answer to infection because as we know that is the answer to infection do not <laughs> do not come into contact with people mm. and especially screaming mad bastards you know. <laughs>
for your kid. Yeah. And actually, actually Selena's backstory that she came up with um, Danny Boyle was that Selena had killed her parents to save her brother mm. and then found out her brother was infected. Mm. And so had to kill him as well. And it's like, yeah, that would kind of toughen you up, I'd imagine. Yeah. So, also, top marks for the scraggly beard that um, Killian Murphy <laughs> bought, because it, that does look like a man in his early 20s has spent a, a month in bed. It is scraggly and shit, and really, is that a month's growth? Come on, let me in there. But also, just when he, shows, <laughs> when, he, when, he, but when he cuts his hair and everything, you're like, holy shit, he's really fucking young. Mm. You know, it really sort of, yeah. But, and that's, yes, that's what I said anyway to him. <laughs> I, I am glad yeah. I watched it again, though. Like, I am. Um, yeah, I won't watch it again, but for a completely different re- reason this time. But, but what what is what is the next step though? If if you've overcome well, this, see now the one thing that so I've I've watched I think every Welcome to Horror episode I've pretty much watched the only one you didn't watch and I will hold my hands up was Sinister was Sinister I haven't watched because, because but we yeah. but you saw our reaction when Chris said he'd watched it in the dark in a cupboard yeah. and Lee were like fucking hell mate. Uh, um, yeah. I'm saving that one for a special day. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. have another go um, at that. Um, and The Ring was mm. one. Yeah, you didn't watch The Ring. But so, again, yeah. so what, why again, is that? that yeah, was, what? Well, because that was another one that I watched and mm. was and at the same sort of time and didn't like. Yeah. So like the three films that I watched before Welcome to Horror was The Ring, House on Haunted Hill, and 28 days later and they all shit me up mm. so i would be interested to try and watch something a bit more supernatural because that is the one thing now yes that i think so how did you find midsummer and hereditary hereditary yeah did you watch hereditary um well, you know with, um with the kid keep clicking and pain on because and... that that i sort of Roughly in the similar vein to Tony Collette is the mum and the dad. The, uh, the dad's Gabriel Byrne, and the daughter gets her head knocked off by no, that. Daughter. That that is just such a that is a scene that sticks with you. Yeah, that's me. that's another one. I'm becoming I'm becoming increasingly annoyed by the memes of my plans, the Delta variant online. <laughs> but the one, that make, the one that did make me laugh was my plans. My plans for the summer with a picture of the girl from Hereditary, and then just a picture of the pole for the Delta variant. No, I didn't watch it. <laughs> okay. Midsummer, I got halfway through and got bored. Yeah, actually, yeah, I think you just went to bed. Yeah, went to bed. I was like, oh, all the tears. There's been a, there's been a few of them, yeah. actually. Yeah, there's been a few where Claire's quite numbered. It's not quite. But yeah, I think the next thing I would go to push myself mm. would be something more supernatural. So mm, yeah. any recommendations that you have, I would go for that. I um, highly recommend on your own in the dark in any of the supernaturals. <laughs> Yeah, because you, you weren't even keen on, what was it, I Am A Ghost, which wasn't, we didn't cover it on the show, but you weren't. Yeah, that, that was horrible, that. <laughs> yeah. That was that was horrible. 
Um, but I would give that a go if you lot covered it. I would join you with that and see how big my balls are after after I've said that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm trying to think because we, we, I think we do a fair spread so we're probably due a supernatural at some point yeah well mind you candy man i suppose but yeah that yeah didn't that didn't but i think the difference with that is uh you were kind of on the side of the supernatural ghost aren't you you know well that's something something they mentioned in monster when i was watching Mm. it and they said you you got it right because you had the monster Mm. but you made him sympathetic Mm. And that's what you've got to have. You've got to fear the monster, but also have sympathy for the monster. I think I think if something looks like a person, then I'll be fine with it, mm. which is why I wouldn't class something like Candyman. But mm. if it was ghostly... Mm. What, like Lee as a ghost? That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Hello. <laughs> you have a sheet on me, Ed. <laughs> well actually you've experienced that all week because that's what ted can do oh god <laughs> ted has suddenly become allergic to trousers and so mm. all i have seen is just a small person's cock and balls and him saying i'm <laughs> spooky yeah so that's that's the horror i've been looking at yeah a, a, a nudie ghost Mm. In a sheet that doesn't quite cover everything. No. That's that's that's. Is yeah. that is that how he's learning to get around both of you? He turns it into something that's horror themed, and it's like, oh, he's get away with it. That's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> Curiously <laughs> enough, I'm just quite pleased in the amount of times he what he wants to watch spooky things as he mm. calls them. all the time. Yeah, like he likes Coraline. He likes Halloween specials of yeah. various cartoons and stuff like that. Yeah. Mind you, he also likes Christmas. So I think it's just a decoration thing with you. <laughs> so, <laughs> Anything sparkly. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, right. So uh, we should probably wrap it up here. So thank you very much for joining us, Claire. Yeah. And happy thank birthday you. tomorrow. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I'm not wishing you happy birthday now because I wish you one in the morning. You're not getting more. Yeah, don't want to wear it out. No. Nah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and thank you for bringing this film back into our uh, back to our attention because yeah, it, it was great to go back and rewatch it. Oh, good. Well, and I had a thoroughly miserable time. It's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> right, right up my strass. This was. <laughs> and on that note, we are hopefully, if we can arrange our guest, we're hopefully going to have a guest again for the next episode, mm, um, and cool. we are going to continue. I've not seen this film. Um, we are going to continue down the miserable AF route um, and we are going to watch Martyrs with our friend Manny. Yes. If, uh, if all things go well. Well, I, I can honestly so, say I'm expecting Chris to really, really enjoy this and possibly you not so much, Lee. Martyrs, but, not a comedy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Please tell me that's written on your hand. <laughs> <laughs> That said, if you come back and just go, this is the most piss funny thing I've ever seen, we will hold an intervention. So yeah. <laughs> just walking you down. All right. I will bear that in mind. <laughs> right. So in the meantime, everyone, thanks ever so much for listening. Uh, go and check out all of our friends' other podcasts that we always discuss. Uh, they're not for everyone podcast. Check out the Eerie Essex podcast. Uh, and most importantly, 
for Christ's sake, watch something cheery before our next episode. It's only going to go <laughs> further downhill, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And good night. Good night. Good night. Bye.